Well, good morning and God bless you. It's podcast day. I want to say hello to you first, pray over you for a moment, and then we'll get into the word of the Lord and what he has for us today. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for a day of peace, a day of joy, a day of victory in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, I pray now over every person listening, uh, over every person that will hear this, I break and I come against the powers of Satan, the authority of darkness. I, in Jesus' name, I command every ungodly spirit to cease and his assignment in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you now, Lord. May we have ears to hear. May we have a spiritual perception to receive and to perceive everything God has for us today in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, go ahead and say amen to that. Go ahead and make your confession today. Say, I choose peace today. Come on, go ahead. Just stir yourself up. Say, I choose peace today. I choose joy today. I choose the truth of God's word today. I choose God today. I exalt Jesus over my day. I exalt you, Lord, over my life, over my business today, over my meetings today, over relationships today. I exalt you, Lord, on high over my life. Come on now, go ahead and say, uh, Jesus is Lord over my life. Jesus, you are Lord over my life. Well, amen. That's good news. Amen. That's a good word. Well, uh, I love being with you. I missed you last week. I had my uh, one of my sons in the faith, Dylan, fill in for me, and he did really well. But I'm here today, and I want to get back in this subject we started Sunday in church, even though it's Tuesday morning, uh, concerning walking in the Spirit or how important it is to hear from the Holy Spirit or to be led by the Holy Spirit. Or we could even say this, uh, how do we? how are we led by the Spirit? You know, we, we know it's important, or I can give you some examples, but then, uh, all right, preacher, we know it's important, but then what do we do? How do we, how do we become sensitive to the Holy Ghost? And I'll give you some keys today to become very sens- sensitive to the Holy Spirit. But first, t- turn to John uh, 14, John chapter 14, St. John in your Matthew, Mark, Luke, John in the beginning of the New Testament, and then go into the... Oh, the 14, starting in verse 18. And the Bible says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you again, yet in a little while. The world will see me no more, but you see me because I live in you, or I live and you live also. Now 20 says, that that day you shall know that I am in the Father, and ye are in me, and I am in you. He that hath this hath my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me uh, shall be loved of my father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. Let's say that part again. I will manifest myself to him. Now drop down to twenty six. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now flip over to verse six, or chapter 16 of John. Yeah, come on, go with me. 16 and let's look at 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, will not come unto you. But if I depart... I will send him to you. 
Now, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, obviously, and the Holy Spirit is the third part of God that is with us. Now, we are really in the Holy Spirit dispensation. A lot of people say we are in the uh, you know, the New Testament, and we are, but the part of the New Testament we're in was the prophesied part that Joel prophesied, and that was the Holy Spirit would come, and he'd fill us, and he'd speak to us, and he'd speak through us, and he'd empower us. That's that was God's plan and purpose, but he can't. He could not come until Jesus left, and, and Jesus was telling us in these two chapters the importance or how important it is that the Holy Spirit come for us. It's extremely important that we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Uh, we are living uh, in the last days. That's a good thing for us, the believer. That's not doom and gloom for us. It's not like. Uh, and I like to reiterate this. Every time I say the last days, I probably should preface it, but I'll kind of expand it. A lot of people, when I say the last days, a lot of people get an image of living in the last days, meaning uh, uh, post-tribulation. A, a lot of people don't have not got uh, a revelation or the truth, the biblical truth concerning we are pre-tribulation people, not opinion uh, not a religious opinion or a denominational opinion. Uh, biblical, the Bible, biblical truth, theology uh, teaches us extremely and very clear that we will leave during the tribulation. We'll, we'll be taken away. Uh, we'll, we'll, gravity will no longer have a hold on us. When Jesus parts the skies, blows the trumpets, the believer, those who are practicing believers, uh, will, gravity will, will loose them and we'll go into the sky, and we'll meet our Savior in the sky. Uh, so we're going to leave. After, as we leave, the tribulation will begin. See, a lot of believers think you're going to live during the tribulation. You're going to live under the reign of the Antichrist. A lot of people think we're going to have to take the mark of the beast or die, a lot of, all these different things. So you just need to learn your Bible. You know, That's really what it boils down to. Or get to a preacher or a teacher that can teach you not their opinion or, or not twist the scripture, but to, uh, that, that no theology, Bible theology trained and taught in Bible theology so that they can lead and guide you into truth. And then they got to know the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, you're limited. But when I say end time, we are in the end times, we are in the season or, or time pointing up to the tribulation. Now for us, that's good. The, the, the Bible or the, tells us that the believer now is preparing themselves. The believer should be going to a new level. Uh, the bridegroom is preparing, so is the bride preparing, uh, so on and so forth. But we're not losing power in these last days uh, as Satan gains power. Now, that's not how it works. We are the ch children of God. We are, come on now, the body of Christ. We're the ecclesia. We possess uh, power and authority that has been given to us by the Almighty. The creator of heaven and earth has bestowed upon us power and authority, not on demons, not on Satan, on us the believer. Come on, say amen to that. So yeah, we're in the last, time, last day, last hour, last time. If it was a football game, we'd be in the fourth quarter with a few minutes left. So it's time to go to work. But my point here is, uh, uh, it's extremely important in these days that we hear and are led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, we'll avert a lot of tragedy being led by the Holy Spirit. If you walk with the Spirit, you're going to, the Bible says, 
if we walk in the Spirit, listen to the Spirit, or led by the Spirit, we're not going to walk in the flesh. And, and, and when the Bible makes reference to walking in the flesh, it doesn't just mean walking in this earth. It means we're not going to walk in, in the rudiments and the evil, uh, come on, in the fallen nature, the destructive nature of man without God. No, we're not. that's not us. That's Come on, say it. That's not me. Come on, say it again. That's not me. That's not us. Uh, so uh, we got to hear from the Holy Spirit. Now in Acts, uh, leading up to this, uh, I'll go into Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. In the first chapter, it's important that we get these foundations. And it's important that we understand what praying in tongues is concerning being led and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Uh, so Acts 1.5, it says, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Or, or this is written in King James Old English. So uh, John baptized with water, but the day is coming where you will be uh, baptized with the Holy Ghost. Now, the, the day's coming, that was making reference uh, to uh, Matthew chapter 3, and is referring to the time or the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, which happens in Acts 2, 1 through 4. So he's just preparing us. Then he says in, in verse 8, uh, but you shall receive power. Now let me just twist this to, to, to make it you know, not funny, but kind of make it, you know, give you an example here and to magnify it a little bit. It doesn't read this way, but let's just re read it like a lot of people think it should read or live uh, that it reads this way. But you shall receive power after you become born again. Uh, you shall receive power after you become re religious and get saved and start going to a religious church. You shall receive power after you start operating in religious things. It's not what it says. It says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now this uh, scripture, it, it can be for a non-believer, but uh, Jesus is talking about the believer. These are, these are followers he's addressing. Uh, there's, there's scripture written for the non-believer to bring them into the body of Christ, but the, the majority, the vast majority of the Bible the, the great majority of the Bible is written to the believer. It's instruction to the believer. It's, it's a book of growth. It's a book of insight. It's a illuminating a, a live word, the words of God, the, the records of God, the will of God for the believer's life. So this was written to the believer. It says, but ye shall receive power when? After the Holy Ghost is uh, come upon you. Now, that, that's written after the Holy Ghost come upon you once again in Old English. It's kind of written in a weird way. So a, a modern translation, not, not to weaken it or not to take away its meaning or its power. Got to be hermeneutically correct. But it says, uh, but you will receive power after you receive the Holy Ghost. Come on now, say amen. Uh, and then he goes a little further, and I'll keep amplifying this for you so it, you, we don't have to go back to uh, uh, an ancient uh, type of writing here. But you, you shall receive uh, power after you receive the Holy Ghost, and you, uh, in that power, can then and should be a witness unto me. Now, why do you need the power of the Holy Ghost before you become a witness? Well, it goes back to John uh, 14 and John 16, uh, what he said there. 
is you're going to receive power. But when you receive power, not only do you receive power, but you receive the person of God that is the person of truth. So if you don't, if you don't receive the Holy Ghost, you can't walk, you can't teach, you can't operate in all truth because you don't have the spirit of truth. So we got to understand, not only did we get power, but we got truth. I think a lot of Pentecostal people need to hear this. Because for some reason, a lot of Pentecostal people like to live in the clouds only and embellish the truth or, or, or grow the truth or expand the truth uh, beyond what it is. It's very simple. Uh, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He'll lead you and guide you into all truths. And he doesn't need Pentecostal type people to grow the truth or magnify the truth to make it look bigger or better than what it is. God doesn't need your help. The miracles of God, the supernatural of God are big enough for anybody and they're big enough to attract everybody. Amen. So then let's go a little further. Uh, Acts 2, let's just go right over the page here. It says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one uh, accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Glory to God. Come on, say glory to God. So the indwelling of the Holy Spirit happened on the day of Pentecost, but it didn't stop on the day of Pentecost. See, that was the start point. Everybody say, uh, that was the start point. So that, that wasn't the beginning and the end. That was the beginning. You, you say, uh, when's the end come? Uh, I don't know, maybe when you get to heaven, but it's not going to end while you're on earth. Uh, we need the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit... Uh, was the person given to us to navigate, to help us navigate through these rough waters of the end days. And I'm not talking about navigate like we barely make it out through escape tunnels. I'm talking about to walk us in God victory, to walk us in joy, to walk us in peace, to walk us in the promises of God. Come on, say amen to that. Now, go into first. Corinthians 14, and hold there for a second. Let me tell you a little story about me, about hearing from the Holy Spirit. Now, I grew up in a denomination. Most of you know my story. I thank God for that certain denomination. I don't, uh, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll pick at it a little bit, but I don't mean it in a harmful way or in an ugly way. I just grew up in it so I can take shots. I know, I know the back end of it. So in the denomination I grew up in, they were ignorant concerning the Holy Spirit. Like a, de a lot of denominations, they think well, the Father, Son, and then, then you just throw in the Holy Spirit because it's proper, but that's as far as the Holy Spirit goes, is in title. Well, that's not the intent of God. The intent of God was uh, the Holy Spirit is a living person, come on now, and the Holy Spirit uh, was given in this hour uh, that we're living in presently after Jesus left, we're in the dispensation of the Holy Ghost. And he was supposed to possess us, lead us, and guide us. And we were supposed to submit, or we are supposed to submit, yield ourselves to him, submit to him, and walk with him every day here on earth. Now, uh, just like the three parts of man, number one, you are a spirit. You have a soul, you live in a body. Everybody say that. Well, let's get this out of the way again. Say, I am a spirit. All right, let's say it again. I am a spirit. One more time. I am a spirit. It's not, 
I are a body. It's not I am flesh. Now, if you're a fleshly, then maybe that's true for you. But there's still a spirit. There's still spirit, the spirit uh, driving the flesh. All the flesh is is a suit. That's all your skin and bone is a flesh suit, no different than a fabric suit uh, that we wear to cover our flesh. Well, your flesh suit covers your spirit that has a soul. So, but you are a spirit, and God is a spirit, and He's given us the Holy Spirit to lead and guide our spirit into all victory here in this world. Say amen to that. But as I grew up in this denomination, I grew up powerless. I I grew up having to rely on religion, and I I grew up without the power of the Holy Ghost uh, trying to operate in power without power. So I would I would go to church. I would do what I was you know tried to do legalistically. I didn't like it. No one like likes legalism. Uh, I didn't like it. I wanted to do right. Didn't have power to do right. But then and I got to give me the, the speedy version. But then one day I read uh, four or five different scriptures. I read Matthew three uh, where John was baptizing Jesus. The Bible says, "He that comes after me is mightier than I, whose uh, shoes I'm not worthy to buckle." He'll baptize you in the Holy Ghost and in fire whose fan is in his hand. All right, I wanted to know what that meant. Then I had read John 14, John 16, which I read to you. Then I had read John uh, Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 19. I read all these scriptures about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, praying other tongues. And the Holy Spirit began uh, to convict me and lead me concerning this biblical truth. So I go in my bathroom by myself, never hear anybody pray in tongues, no reference of anyone ever praying in tongues, ever, ever, ever. Didn't know you people existed at the time. Uh, I go in my restroom, I read the scripture, I say, Jesus, you're the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire. I need the Holy Ghost and fire. I have no power. I want power. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. I want to be a witness unto you. And I did like the people on in Acts 2, 1 through 4. I tarried, which you don't have to tarry anymore because he's already here, but I mean for a few seconds or even minutes. And I said, I, I now ask you to baptize me in the Holy Ghost and fire, Jesus, and, 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 and fan your hand and get that fire hot in me. And I receive these tongues. I don't know what they are. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what it sounds like, but I receive I want everything from you. As long as you're receiving and talking to God, uh, you should ask God to give you everything he has, even if it goes beyond your carnal mindset. God's not going to hurt you, and God's not going to fill you with, with, with a demon. God's not going to fill you uh, or, or put a spell on you. That's Satan's job. We're talking to God. God, I ask you to fill me with the Holy Ghost. God, I ask you to allow me to receive tongues or to pray in other tongues. If it comes from heaven, I want it. And I don't care if it's weird to me, I want it from you. So I received baptism in the Holy Ghost, begin to pray in other tongues. Once again, never heard anybody, didn't know existed, didn't have a reference of it. But I begin to pray in tongues. And from that day, from that moment, the first uh, word that came out of my mouth. That was the most beautiful language, even to t- till today, that I've ever heard. And, and I felt power go in me. I come up out of that meeting with the Holy Spirit, receiving a heavenly download. The first thing I say when I come outside of the, the bathroom 
at the time I had a, an alcohol collection, and I said, uh, Kim, we, help me, I got to get rid of all the alcohol. Why? The Holy Spirit was leading me, and it wasn't religion. Come on now, it wasn't legalism, it wasn't lawful, it was, it was done in freedom, it was done in victory. So we'd empty all the alcohol out, and then I, here's the secret I'm trying to get to, I'm going to get to one key today, and then I begin to condition myself. This was such a precious thing to me that I received that day. You could offer me a ton of gold or the experience that I just had, and I would choose the experience that I just had every time. And I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost from that day, that's been 26, seven, 26 years ago. I've been, I've been praying in the Holy Ghost from that day forward every day of my life. Come on now, say amen. There's nothing wrong with that. And now I pray in my natural tongue when I pray, you know, the prayer of petition. And when I have conversations with God, I talk in my natural tongue. But I'm talking about the Holy Ghost, and there's a reason for it, and I'll get to it. But as I start praying in the Holy Ghost and condition myself and let the Holy Spirit lead me and guide me how important it is that I speak in the Holy Ghost, because when I pray in the Holy Ghost, I'm operating in and with the Holy Spirit. I'm building a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Come on, I'm talking in a heavenly language. I'm growing in a heavenly language. Now, when you speak in a heavenly language, you also have spiritual ears to hear. I'm not talking about the things on the side of your head. I'm talking about you, the spirit man. You have spiritual ears. You have natural ears, flesh ears that go over, you know, that are part of your flesh suit. But you have spiritual ears that to hear and perceive and understand things in the spirit realm. Well, praying in other tongues not only is speaking, but it also is a key. Come on, write this down. Get this in your in your spirit today. It's a key that keeps you sensitive to being led by the Spirit or hearing the Spirit. All right, First uh, Corinthians fourteen two says, "For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto man, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. How howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries." Well, it's not mysterious. Uh, you know, it, it will is in the natural, but in the spirit, we're speaking a known thing. It's mysteries because it's not learned or practiced. It's flowing forth. Oh, come on now, preaching better than what you're saying. Let's drop down to four. Same chapter, 1 Corinthians uh, 14, 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Now stop there. He edifieth himself. All right, the word edifieth is the Greek word edifice, which means uh, build yourself up. So it's not talking about building your mouth up, building your speaking part up. Not only are you building uh, the place where words come from, but you're also building the hearing muscle of the spirit. So the more you pray in the Holy Ghost, the more sensitive you become to the Holy Spirit. Oh, come on now. That's a deep key. That's a good key. Amen. Uh, the more you pray in the Holy Ghost, you build yourself up spiritually. You build your spirit man up. You build your spirit man up. You build your spirit man up. Now the spirit man uh, uh, overflows into the, 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 the shell, the soul, and the body. So you're going to build your whole being up. It's not like there's three parts and you're separate. The three parts make you one. 
but you're going to build your whole being up. But in building your whole being, yes, you're building your spirit man up or you're becoming sensitive to the touch. We talked about Sunday, uh, the, the scripture in Timothy that talks about a seared conscience. Well, the, the Holy Spirit is the part of you or the conscience is the part of you the Holy Spirit deals with. The word we, we all hear is convicts. Everybody say convicts or conviction. Uh, when the Holy Spirit convicts, it's not a preacher. It's not a fivefold officer. It's not a leader in the church judging you. It's the Holy Spirit convicting you or reminding you from right and wrong, from good and evil, from God and Satan. And he's convicting you to keep you from trouble. He's reminding you of truth or trying to keep you in truth. Oh, come on now, preaching pretty good. But if you leave the spirit life, especially praying in the Holy Ghost, then and you let yourself uh, get weak or you're not building yourself up so you're becoming lesser in a sense, you'll begin to sin more. Well, what happens to that conscience, conscience is as you sin, it begins to take on the searing process. Now, a lot of people think it just gets seared, like uh, like you take an iron and seared, it's over. No, uh, I believe in, you know th- biblically. I can prove to you, it's a pro- it's a process. Like like you don't get seared overnight. Uh, seared is a process. Uh, like when you're built up in the spirit, you're not going to sin because your your conscience, or, or your conscious to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's reminding you, and you're so built up, you're putting it off. You're, you're you know, putting off the sin, casting off the sin. But after you get away from the Holy Spirit, and you quit praying in the Holy Spirit, you quit building yourself up, your ear begins to get a little duller to the Holy Spirit day by day, so you don't hear Him as crisp and clear as you used to hear Him. And then what happens? Let's just say, uh, like, let's look at a callous, or let's look at your conscience uh, let's say instead of a seared, let's say a scarred conscience. You, you, you get a scarred conscience. Well, what happens with a scar is it's almost like a callus or, or it has a tissue that begins to grow over that once wound and it doesn't have the same sensitivity or touch that, that fresh skin has. Like the, like the hair on your arm like if you have no scar on your arm and you begin to touch it real gently, you'll see all, it's just alive and alert. Well, a scar is not that way. There's still, the scar is still a part of you and there's still life in it, kind of. But it's become so, come on, it's become with so much scar tissue and so tough that it's not pliable, it's not touchable anymore. It doesn't have the feeling or the sensory that it used to. Uh, so when you begin to sear that with through through sin, you begin to dull your hearing. Oh wow! Let's look at this. We got a lot of Christians today professing Jesus, but are so dull and don't hear the Holy Spirit, are walking the way of the world. Well, how can you do that? Well, you're not being led by the Spirit. Well, I probably should have two parted this one uh, today because you're going to want to hear more. I'm going to c- continue to teach you. Uh, on this subject with the podcast and church, how to hear from the Holy Spirit, how to be led by the Holy Spirit, how to avert tragedy, how, how, how to walk in victory, how to, come on, Satan's an attacker, he's a destroyer, but we have insight 
Well, we have, uh, uh, come on, information uh, that comes from heaven that no one knows but God himself that the, the Holy Spirit will convey to us to lead us in paths of victory. Oh, thank you, Lord, for it. Come on, go ahead and thank him. We're out of time. Oh, I hope this teaching is really going to help you uh, come back, get closer to God, and understand how important uh, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is. Lord, I pray now for every person listening. Uh, I thank you now. May that uh, message today, these truths today, stir uh, stir us on the inside. May we pray in the Holy Ghost. May we understand the importance of praying in the Holy Ghost. May we get revelation today. This is not just spiritual babble. Uh, this is just not us blah, blah, blind. That this is an actual language from heaven, an intelligent language from heaven that you give us in the spirit realm that we can pray, build ourselves up, uh, that we can become sensitive in the spirit realm to hear and to be led by our God in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, go ahead and say, I receive that. I receive it, I receive it, I receive it. Then go ahead, then the rest of your day, uh, take some time and pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in other tongues for a while and build yourself up. Amen. God bless you. Uh, Pastor Rich here, Richard Summerlin Ministries. I love you. Share this. Tell other people about it. And once again, get some news back to me. Let me know how I'm helping you. Have a great Tuesday. Bye-bye.